The first law of thermodynamics states that energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only change forms. Although body is self-destruct, the me feeling is just a 20-watt cloud of energy in your head. But this energy doesn't go away at death. So on today's episode, we get to take on a new energy and go to a new level. Because greatness is now in the air and it needs a new home. I'm DJ Motri of the Black Equity Network, and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. Black Equity listeners to another great episode of the Black Equity Podcast. We come to you on a very, uh, very heavy day. Obviously, over the weekend, everyone knows uh, that a helicopter carrying Kobe Bryant um, was found to be in a crash. And so here are some of the headlines uh, that I want to go over. As always, on every story, we always look at what is the world saying? What is the overall narrative? Where are the um, the lies? Where is the truth? And then from there, we find our wisdom. Wisdom always comes directly to our front yard. We never really have to go anywhere to find it. It always comes directly at us. And so on today's episode... Um, we're going to look at this and find where the wisdom is, uh, potential uh, inspiration that we can gather from this, and also how do how does this apply to business? How does this apply to culture? How does uh, how does this apply to Black equity? How does it all make sense? And so here are some of the headlines that are circulating right now. Uh, helicopter carrying Kobe Bryant made climbing turn before a rapid dri- dive. That's on ESPN. 
Uh, ESPN also says sources Kobe Bryant and daughter Gianna die in a helicopter crash. Uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, this is local10.com. Kobe Bryant dies in California helicopter crash. Business Insider, Kobe Bryant messaged Shaquille O'Neal's son hours before he died. Fox News, Kobe Bryant remembered by Lakers fan Jack Nicholson. There's a big hole in the wall. New York Post, Kobe Bryant helicopter crash. Aura Zabayan, Sarah, and Peyton Chester identified as victims. Uh, Quad City Times update, Kobe Bryant dies in helicopter crash. USA Today, how Kobe Bryant's forgotten homework assignment sparked his NBA career. Uh, Today.com, husband of woman killed along with Kobe Bryant speaks out. Derek Jeter on Kobe. Tiger Woods calls Kobe Bryant's death one of the most shocking, tragic days. And Slate.com, what we know about Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash. And also, it looks like Jamel Hill uh, put together a article. I want to go through that as well, where she uh, had the time to write for The Atlantic. And I think that would be a fitting uh, tribute as well. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance, head over to The Atlantic and look at uh, Jamel Hill's article entitled, The Kobe I Knew Became a Champion for Others. The Lakers legend was fearless, driven, and excellent. And I'll just read uh, just the beginning here. And then if you are interested in learning more about this article, head over to theatlantic.com or follow Jamel Hill on Twitter and Instagram. My first real reaction with Kobe Bryant started over a disagreement. The legendary Los Angeles Lakers shooting guard had made some dismissive comments in 2004 about the case of Trayvon Martin, the African-American teenager who had been shot to death in Florida by the Neighborhood Watch volunteer George Zimmerman two years before. Martin's death and Zimmerman's suspicious acquittal on second-degree murder charges incensed many black athletes, but not Bryant, who told the New Yorker, if we've progressed as a society, then you don't jump to somebody's defense just because they're African-American. I was working at ESPN at the time and criticized Bryant on camera as tone deaf, among other things. About 10 minutes or so later, while I was still on air, I received a direct message from Bryant on Twitter. He told me to call him as soon as the show was over because he thought my comments were off base. That was Kobe. He was never afraid to speak up and certainly not afraid to defend his opinions, however unpopular. So if you want to read the rest of that story, um, definitely check out The Atlantic. Thank you, Jamel Hill, for petting that so quickly um, at, at this time. So how do we take this in? Well, before we can really dive in, I want to make sure that I state my positions. I am a huge Laker fan. I became a Laker fan maybe seven or eight years old. I I met Magic Johnson uh, on a book tour in Hawaii. He signed my book, and the rest is history. I had no choice but to be a Laker fan after that, after having such a pleasant exchange and uh, transfer of, of energy, so to speak. And so 
I've followed uh, Kobe Bryant's career since the beginning. Um, of course, you know, those first couple of years, he's just a rookie, so you're not really sure who he'll be. So it wasn't like he was my favorite player or anything. You know, a lot of people are like, he's my favorite player since the moment he became a Lakers. It's like, come on now, let's, let's not go that far. Well, over time, uh, he became that person that could be that second person to Shaq. And uh, over time, he became the number one person on the team. So I come to this with a uh, very different perspective than a lot of people. As someone who has seen this story play out, um, when I found out about the news, I wasn't necessarily sad. I really just wanted to see how is this story going to be told? Because the reality of life is that uh, as human beings, we're all going to, quote unquote, die. We're all going to perish. And so what you do between now and that moment is really up to what you decide to create for your reality. And I didn't know the details yet, but I knew knew something had happened. I knew it involved a helicopter. Uh, crash of some sort, but I had, we didn't know all the details. We didn't know who else was on the helicopter. So my first initial thought was they better get this story right. And so the first thing they start doing is throwing people on the news and there, you know, a lot of people were upset because there's, there's things that are being said that just would not be said of anyone else. There was, there was uh, opportunities for people to take shots at his name and his character. And on a previous episode, I told you, don't worry about necessarily defending your name because that's what they're going to attack first. They're going to attack your name. That's why, you know, I see people always saying, you know, you got to be careful uh, that, you know, the rooms that you walk into, because you never know who's whispering about you and who's talking about you. That room just won't be where you progress. You just go to a different room. And so as the news is coming out and Kobe's name is being, you know, pushed out there, the the first initial people that were coming through, the CNNs and everyone else, they're just throwing random people on. They're not actually throwing you know, uh, people that actually know him yet, those people hadn't got onto the news. And so people had rushed to the news stations to get their opinion across. They knew how important this was. They, they wanted to set the narrative, and they were trying to uh, say, yeah, he's a great player, but don't forget what happened in Colorado. Don't forget this, and don't forget that. And Quickly, everybody else had to jump on TV, too, and say, wait, hold on a second. We're not going to attack the man's character at this moment. But, of course, people were trying to do that. And so more details come out. We find out there was more people on the helicopter. We find out that uh, his daughter was on the helicopter with him. And we definitely wish everyone on that helicopter to rest in power. We want 
the very best for them and their families and their legacies. But there's something that I just kept repeating to myself. I kept saying, because it's something I've been learning recently, just on my own individual studies. Energy never dies. It just moves to another source. And if that is true, what type of energy can we take from this and download it into our spirits to make us greater and stronger people? What type of energy does Kobe Bryant, does his family, do the people on that helicopter, what type of energy are they giving to the world that could be transformed and harnessed for us to be greater. Let's take a look at the wisdom, the energy, and the things that we can take from this to build ourselves up so that we can continue pushing the game forward. So Kobe Bryant's last tweet was uh, to LeBron James. LeBron James had just passed him on the all-time scoring list for the NBA. And Kobe Bryant says, continuing to move the game forward, uh, King James, much respect, my brother, hashtag 33644, which is the amount of points that was needed to surpass Kobe Bryant. So his last tweet is telling LeBron James that he's proud of him, he's inspired by him, for to continue pushing the game forward. And so I have a sneaky suspicion that what we're supposed to do here, I know a lot of people are going to look back and they're going to look at highlights. I get it. I mean, it's a natural thing to do. You want to honor the legacy. But I have a sneaky suspicion that we are supposed to move the game forward from here. We're supposed to take this energy and harness it to be greater humans, to be greater people, take this story, take this tragedy, and elevate humanity. So what type of energy are we harnessing What is it that we are really uh, bringing into our world when we're trying to harness energy? Well, I want to look at some of the quotes that Kobe left, right? One of my favorite quotes (laughs) is, these young guys are playing checkers. I'm out there playing chess. See, that's energy that we can take. I I like that energy. That energy, I'm adopting that. That energy is now mine. I don't want to be the next Michael Jordan. I only want to be Kobe Bryant. Energy, got it. I want that energy. Everything negative, pressure, challenges, is all an opportunity for me to rise. Yeah, let's take on that energy. 
I'll do whatever it takes to win games, whether it's sitting on a bench, waving a towel, handing a cup of water to a teammate, or hitting the game-winning shot. Yeah, we need that kind of energy. There's been a lot of talk of me being a one-man show, but that's simply not the case. We win games when I score 40 points, and we've won when I've scored 10. Yeah, that's the type of energy. So as we're taking on this energy, I want to look at some quotes about uh, success, hard work, teamwork, leadership. So for leadership, the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be be great at whatever they want to do. See, that's an energy that I want all creators, all podcasters, all the people in the space to take on. The most important thing is to try to inspire people so that they can be great at whatever they want to do. That's the most important thing, not not all the other fictitious things that people are chasing. The true wisdom here, the true energy that we want to adopt is this. To inspire people so they can be great at whatever they want to do. Not to try to make them into you. Not to try to get them to to do what, you know, influence them to be something that they want, they, that you want. You need to inspire them so they can be the best person that they want to be. Another quote about fear, overcoming fear. The last time I was intimidated was when I was six years old in karate class. I was an orange belt and the instructor ordered me to fight a black belt who was a couple years older and a lot bigger. I was scared shitless. I mean, I was terrified, and he kicked my ass. But then I realized he didn't kick my ass as bad as I thought. He was going to, and that there was nothing really to be afraid of. That was around the time I realized that intimidation didn't really exist if you're in the right frame of mind. Intimidation didn't really exist if you're in the right frame of mind. So business owners, investors, that thing that has been scaring you, that endeavor that you've been trying to push back, it's it's all make-believe. You're making up the fear. That fear is all coming from inside of you. And there may be a new energy that you can pick up from listening to this episode by reading these quotes. By looking at this thing totally different, you can pick up some wisdom. It's another quote. I have self-doubt. I have insecurity. I have fear of failure. I have nights when I show up at the arena and I'm like, my back hurts, my feet hurt, my knees hurt. I don't have it. I just want to chill. We all have self-doubt. You don't deny it, but you also don't run from it. You embrace it. Once you know what failure feels like, determination chases That's a huge statement. Once you know what failure feels like, determination chases success. Woo. Yo, there's so many gems that you can pick up if you just study 
study a person's journey and you look at the different things that they've gone through, not to necessarily be them, but to be inspired to be who you want to be. This isn't a call for everybody to go out and try to be a basketball player. This is on the episode that says, you know, being an NBA star is the goal in life. This is an episode that says you can be whatever you decide to be. You decide every single day who you are creating. The greatest piece of art is you and the character which you create for yourself on earth. Another quote from Kobe Bryant, the moment you give up is the moment you let someone else win. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people out here, they start projects and then they're done with them and then they never pick it back up. And what I'm telling you through the information that I'm receiving through this this transfer of energy, because Energy never dies. It's at the moment you give up is the moment you let someone else win. I believe that there's a lot of core principles in business and in life that can be picked up from this moment and this tragedy. When I'm looking at a situation like this, I'm looking at how the media is playing it all out. What are they choosing to focus on? What is the headline that they're trying to push? What narrative are they trying to create? I'm looking at uh, the lives that were impacted and the stories that people are now sharing that may have been private stories, but now people feel compelled to tell them. These are all important attributes to a society that is going to be watching this and figuring out, well, how does this impact my daily life and how does this transform the way I think? It's going to be very intriguing to pay attention to this story as it unfolds. But as we do that, there's one more piece of information that I need you to have. One more piece of information that I think is vital to your ultimate growth and your ultimate path in life. The thing I need everyone to realize is this. Energy never dies. Here are the five reasons that you won't die. You're not an object. You're a special being. According to biocentrism, nothing could exist without consciousness. Remember, you can't see through the bones surrounding your brain. Space and time aren't objects, but rather the tools our mind uses to weave everything together. This is important, everyone. Space and time aren't objects, but rather the tools our mind uses to weave everything together. You're not an object. You're a special being. Nothing could exist without consciousness. These are, this is an important thing for you to understand. Consider the uncertainty principle, one of the most famous and important aspects of quantum mechanics. 
Experiments confirm it's built into fabric of reality, but it only makes sense from a biocentral perspective. If there's really a world out there with particles just bouncing around, then we should be able to measure all their properties, but we can't. Why should it matter to a particle what you decide to measure? Consider the double slit experiment. If one watches a subatomic particle or a bit of light pass through slits on a barrier, it behaves like a particle and creates a solid-looking hits behind the individual slits on the final barrier that measures the impacts. Like a tiny bullet, it logically passes through one or the other hole. But if the scientists do not observe the trajectory of the particle, then it exhibits the behaviors of waves that allow it to pass through both holes at the same time. Why does our observation change what happens? Because reality is a process that requires our consciousness. Reality is a process that requires our consciousness. And space and time aren't objects, but rather the tools our mind uses to weave everything together. So here's the second thing I want you to consider. The first law of thermodynamics states that energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only change forms. Although bodies self-destruct, the me feeling is just a 20-watt cloud of energy in your head. But this energy doesn't go away at death. A few years ago, scientists showed they could retroactively change something that happened in the past. Particles had to decide how to behave when they passed a fork in the asparagus. Later on, the experimenter could flip a switch. The results showed that what the observer decided at that point determined how the particle behaved at that fork in the past. So really, energy is always moving, and it's our responsibility to tell energy within us where to go, how to be, how to think, how to move, until the energy can no longer be consumed by us and has to go somewhere else. So another reason to think about death and and energy, although we generally reject parallel universes as fiction, there's more than a morsel of scientific truth to this genre. A well-known aspect of quantum physics is that observations can't be predicted absolutely. Instead, there's a range of possible observations, each with a different probability. One mainstream explanation is the many worlds interpretation which states that each of these possible observations corresponds to a different universe. There are an infinite number of universes, including our universe, which together comprise of all physical reality. Everything that can possibly happen occurs in some universe. Death doesn't exist in any real sense in these scenarios. All possible universes exist simultaneously, regardless of what happens in any of them. Like flipping the switch in the experiment above, you're the agent who experiences them. And the final thing I want us to think about is when energy transfers and you're no longer who you are, and they call it death, you will be you will be survived through the impact you you have with your friends, your family, your loved ones. You live forever. <laughs> we're all going to live forever somehow, some way. It just may not be called the name that 
you've been given. At the end of the day, this comes down to energy. Now that you have the understanding that energy never dies and that the energy wrapped up in you can be harnessed and used uh, for anything that you choose to, my question is, how will you harness it? How will you use it? How will you apply it? And what energy are you going to take away from this moment while it's still floating around? While that energy is looking for a new home, what are you going to harness and create for yourself? I would encourage you to take on determination, discipline, drive, passion, a never-say-die attitude. These are all things that you can harness right now with the energy right here. You can take that energy, make it yours, master it. Go to a new height, a new greatness, a new universe within your own mind. Because space and time are not even objects. They can't even exist without your consciousness. And so if you raise your level of consciousness, you raise everything else around you, including the people that you attract. So on this episode, we just elevated consciousness. We've gone to a new level. This episode stands as a bookmark to where we're about to head and where we're about to go. Because you and I both know energy never dies. It just finds a new home. 